0: What is important is that you get the support. Yeah. Get it from the right sources. Get it from whoever's willing to give you the support. Get it because that support might be more relevant than the support that you might get from people you're expecting the support from. So, you know, don't be so picky and choosy about where the support is coming from, but just step up to receive it.
1: This is your Badass Journey podcast. I am Kareen Walsh, serial entrepreneur, growth strategist, executive leadership coach, and best-selling author. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you align what you love with what you do in order to build that badass life and business you dream of. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of your Badass Journey podcast. We are in awe. Can you believe it? For those of you who have subscribed and listened every single week, thank you so much for sticking it with me on these episodes coming out. I know when you have impact or aha moments from our conversations and reach out to me, it just makes my day. So I really appreciate it. And anybody who's new to listening, welcome. I have a series of talks here on the show that not only share different tools, tips, and methods on how you can live your best life as well as grow the uh, most amazing aligned business that you dream of. We also then include amazing guests and their journey for you to learn from them as well. And today's guest is Bhavna Dalal. She's the founder and CEO of Talent Power Partners, a leadership development consulting company, highly aligned with the work that I do in my consulting and coaching practice. And so, of course, I had to have her on the show because she just released a book that I know you will benefit from. She is an international executive master coach, she's a best selling author, speaker, electronics engineer, and MBA that serves on the board of Bodie Education Society. She lives in India, and she works with leaders from mid to executive level globally from diverse industries. Her work includes leadership intervention in all areas like influence, strategic thinking, women in leadership, and executive presence. She's the author of the best-selling book, Checkmate, Office Politics, that confronts workplace dynamics head-on and explains the factors that influence it. This book invites you to understand the political machinery through extensive, simple, practical advice to navigate workplace politics effectively and grow within compromise, without compromising your ideals. She lives in Bangalore with her husband and two teenage kids. And you'll see through our discussion today how we understand her journey, how she got here, how she decided to launch and build her business, what was happening in her life that um, allowed her to explore this side of her gifting, and what it means to actually build a, you know, a practice, a reputation, as well as get to the point when an editor is actually looking for you to publish a book and request that of her, which is what Got Checkmate Office Politics, her book out the door. So I know you're going to get a lot out of today's conversation. Of course, you know we love to hear from you. Please do not hesitate to connect with us on LinkedIn. It's Bhavna Dalal. So that's B-H-A-V-N-A-D-A-L-A-L. You can look it up right now as you're listening. Head over to LinkedIn and connect with her. Reach out. Let her know what you got from this conversation. As well as with me, it's Kareen Walsh. I'm your host and let's jump into today's conversation. Welcome everybody to another episode of Your Badass Journey podcast. Today I have Bhavna Dalal with me. Welcome Bhavna. Thank you so much, Kareen. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I am excited to discuss your book, checkmate office politics, because I know my listeners will totally understand, A, why you wrote the book, and B, all of the benefits of going through it and and how it's going to help them in their workplace dynamics. But I'm curious, before we even jump into why you decided to write the book and launch it, let's tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and share your badass journey with them on how you got to the point of building and launching Talent, power, partners. Yes,
0: fantastic! I would be so happy to share. So this is two point two oh career for me. You know, I'm an engineer, software developer. Worked in the Bay area for many years, actually, until about twelve years ago. My family decided to move back to India, so it was only after moving back I compose, really started questioning, you know, what I really wanted to do, what I was meant to do, or you know, all of those existing questions started popping up. And I realized that I was a like a fabulous mother. It just was fantastic, and I was also very good at getting things done. And I did not believe me. I did not know that a profession like coaching existed. Mm. And it was, of course, serendipity. My time had come. One thing led to the other. I joined the certification program, and um, you know, it's been a, quite a joyride since then. And that's what led me to to actually found this um, company. We are a small company, very gig format. Uh, You know, everybody's in different parts and evolving really fast. The book was just a natural part of the vision. And, you know, it it sort of came through the work that I was doing as a coach and uh, as a facilitator, you know, running leadership development workshops.
1: When you decided to launch, so tell us a little bit of what, what is the business Talent Power Partners? When you say it's gig related, is that still in the consulting realm? Are you, are you doing more just career development with people? Tell us a little bit about that company and, and how you decided to launch that. So it
0: is more of a the, the, the gig part is more of the background work that we do I do as a solopreneur. The assignments at the moment, I'm a master certified coach for that yeah. So there is a lot of you know one-on-one sessions and whenever I have I partner with different coaches and you know we do we, we, we share the load the workshops often I work through other so I, all my clients are large multinationals so it's like Morgan Stanley or Google and a whole bunch of exciting companies in Europe like Chanel law uh, Gucci uh, mm. and all you know, so 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 typically, companies with uh, employees in tens of thousands uh, in number. Um, so most of the work is one-on-one leadership development. But we also do take up some uh, designing of certain programs like uh, women leadership. Right. So there will be uh, there's a particular company, large organization there, that that want me to design something for them for interrupting bias. Nice. So it's not. It's not just enough to, you know, recognize unconscious bias. Now you have to step up, take it to the next level, and you just have to start interrupting bias when you hear it. So, so it's very, uh, you know, client driven, uh, depending on the needs of the client. And uh, to be honest, it's also very driven by what I feel, what excites me. So, yeah. So when I when I heard about the name of your podcast, I was I really connected because. You have to be badass to say no to good money coming in, which you've worked hard for the last six months so that you can move yeah. on to the next level. You know?
1: Yeah, and it's so true. Even in, in career growth for individuals or even as they're navigating the change or transformation they want to go through, whether it's from going from corporate into entrepreneurship or you know, within the company, trying to get into management, learning how to say no to the things that no longer are aligned with this version of themselves. I love to talk about. I mean, I, I share these concepts all the time with my listeners because it's critical if you're going to create the life uh, you want. You know, you, you have to first stand in alignment with self and then find your voice right? Like we all get caught up with, well, should we say anything because I might lose my job for it or I might lose that client. And I've had to fire clients because when they're not aligned with what I'm going through or or we've outgrown each other, We it's time to say no and move forward, right? And, mm-hmm. and I love that that's one of the boundaries you've created and the value system in your business because then you know that your team and your aligned coaches and and the programs you put in place are focused in that boundary set. You know, it's value-based, which is really important. So when did you decide to write your book? I, I have two published books out too. And so I know the journey to go on when you're, when you're doing that. Tell us a little bit about that journey uh, and why you decided to call it Checkmate Office Politics. I love the, the title. So it's,
0: it's good to connect with an author because then you, you can relate to the journey. And uh, so, you know, many people I come across now <laughs> and they always tell me that they, they always want to write or they would love to be a writer. Surprisingly, I did not have those aspirations growing up. I never really, you know, was like trying to be an author or a writer. Uh, but I did read a lot as a child. I grew up on Jane Austen and Sydney Sheldon. And when I look back, a lot of women and power and, and those dynamics. Yeah. Um, in the social structure. So obviously once I think coaches we'll make excellent writers and once you get on that path, you're also doing a lot of work on yourself and you're in that accelerated pace towards your vision, right? So you're constantly working towards what you require. And it became apparent to me at uh, about four years ago that there was a vision that said that I needed to write a book. Now, at that point in time, I wasn't capable enough, let's say, or you know, I was writing articles and I have about two to three hundred articles in Fortune and Forbes. So, so nice. on, online Forbes India, there's many articles. And and those again started happen happening on a flight one time when I was just sitting there and the words started pouring, you know, so that started from there. But there were lots of articles. But putting together a book, the first one, was quite an exasperating experience. But I had this inner voice saying, just do it. Do it. And yeah. every time I would ask the question. What do I do to you know grow my business? What do I do? The only answer that would keep coming is right, just right. And I would get oh, so cool. frustrated with that, you know, white answer saying, like,
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it was funny, but that first book was is more like a collection of my articles. Somebody suggested that to me. Why do you need to write a book? Just self-publish on Amazon, and and that's exactly what I did. Um, I just collected my articles, but had a sort of a you know a framework. Yeah, framework and, a, and the topic, I researched it, aligned it to that. And I think what it did to me and then, then was um, it, it kind of improved my profile as I went as I, as I did workshops as a facilitator. You know, yeah. So if there were two facilitators, just two from, they say, oh, this one's an author, let's pick her. It's
1: yeah, it heavy. builds credibility. It totally does. And it also gives audience members or anyone who interacts with you something that they can walk away with it's like i you know I have them as as opportunities to gift someone even just like if you want to get to know a little bit about me here's my be a badass book if you want to learn more about my practice and my business, here's my lead with value book and and it it um but it's there's also an awesome sense of accomplishment of just writing and publishing a book you know like it's not it's not an easy task i I remember a lot of people also. Being so like impressed, oh you have a, you're a published author, you know, like so there's the, and it was just something I was similar to you where it was just something itching inside me, write the book, put it out there, and I like you had no no clue really how to put a book together, so my journey, the first book took about a year, and then the second book I did in in almost eight weeks, i think really? <laughs> because i had i had you know the lessons learned from the first one, you know, so it's really interesting of a journey to go through.
0: Yeah. So the second one, I wasn't looking to write a book, to be honest. This was last year, but the editors found me. So they Ah, read my writing all over. They found me and my business was going really well. And I was happily, you know, going along with the business and there was no room to write a book. But the moment the process started, the heart was, excited you know yes. jumping with joy and I just knew that I had to make space for this and prioritize it over anything else yeah and it you know people do say it is hard honestly I don't remember the hard part but it has been the most incredible journey of self-discovery yeah to write this book you yeah. know it's just been at one point I was blocked and I got myself coached and what I realized was I was loving the process and the transformation that was causing me so much that I was trying to not end the book.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's always the dilemma too, as an engineer, because you have an engineer's mind when you're trying to release something, there's always something to work on, right? Exactly. It's hard. It is hard. I go back and I'll reread my books and be like, oh, I got to go republish this because I find things that I would want to change. But that's beautiful. So tell us a bit about the book. What what does it mean, Checkmate Office Politics? Like, tell us a concept. What What is it about? What was your thread through the book?
0: So the thread is very
1: much a coach's
0: perspective. First of all, the name actually came to me, honestly. It was, I saw chess pieces and I suggested it and I will admit it, I don't know how to play chess. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the book is actually, it's it's very rich. It has interviews from a lot of business leaders at different levels of the organization. There's actually a chapter on what is the typical politics at the senior level, typical politics at the mid-level and junior yeah. level. There is a quiz which you can take to figure out how politically savvy you are. And I think that's extremely valuable. Because that gives you Yeah, that's huge. And it gives you an indication of what are those trends that you need to maneuver on navigate politics. It is, of course, so I've, I've been doing this, a study um, there is a model that emerged for for me in you know in my own journey and i've been doing that study and there's a half written research paper on you know the concept of self identity and and your future identity uh there's a lot of yogic spiritual principles yeah. of course that i apply so you know about letting go uh, there's a lot of those concepts as well so there is that there is the definition of a victim and a persecutor and a rescuer and how Love you shift, shift your mindset from that drama triangle. Uh, there's also a vocabulary that is appropriate or a good idea to avoid using in the office. Like, you know, you should do this or you should,
1: things like that, right? Yeah, it's the like- dictation versus inclusion and collaboration. Yeah, that's, that's great. So there's like a, it's like a toolkit, but also allows you to, self-identify how best to navigate within your corporate culture, right? It, it gives you a, a guide and and also examples of how to move through something, it sounds like.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of... It, the, the, the learnings are through examples and stories, even fables in, in some cases. The stories of... So there's a lot of my own experience with my coaching clients. Of yeah. course, confidential, but those instances that you know, like there's, for example, there's a, 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 a manager and he was trying to be nice to his uh, female team member who came back from her maternity and he was not giving her meaningful assignments because mm-hmm. he thought, oh, she has so much on a plate that she needs to handle. And she had a great support system at home and she was raring to go. She wanted those big projects. She was ready to do that, right? Yeah, and yeah. He, so there was that difference in un- understanding between people. So that's just that's one example that up in my head but there's also it's it's about navigating of course the awareness but it's also navigating from the concept that you know your reality is a mirror of where you need to maybe start doing some work on yourself yeah and it it points uh, it kind of points you so instead of you know maligning politics criticizing it blaming it or Looking at it negatively, you know. Look, looking at it as an opportunity to basically try and understand more about the power dynamics in the organization, and also for yourself, and and you know, what is your vision? Is it worth it to get involved in certain things, or or it, it really is worth it? So then, what do you need to do to be able to uh, really be armed? As a leader, so it's it's really it hinges a lot on on leadership, your personal vision, there exercises on how you can arrive at your personal vision. So it's it's really quite quite uh, rich, and also the in, the inputs from the business leaders is is very very. That was the area that I did not maybe I could not have seen as a coach. So I also had to pull in all of that.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. Is there is there something going through the process that you walked away from learning about yourself. (laughs) That was the
0: most wonderful part, the chapter on influence Mm. and influence and power. And how do you claim your power? And what does it mean to have power as a woman where you you do it from a a feminine perspective? So you are not trying to be a man in a corporate world, which is designed by men and operates on the principles that. Have been created from a masculine angle. Let's yeah. not even say man. It's, so it's the masculine energy. Yeah, the masculine energy versus the feminine. And now leadership is demanding more feminine energy to emerge. And how do you interplay the two? And how do you balance the two? So for me, there was a lot of discovery of the feminine aspects of myself mm. to become even more powerful
1: yeah that 's beautiful i think I, I remember even in my own career. I came up in technology also in the bay area also for for oh, many, really? for for a few years at the beginning of my career and then i I was between Manhattan and uh, San Francisco and Colorado for a few years in the beginning of my career and i I remember i had a moment i think as I was climbing into more management roles and realizing how powerful it was to be a female in a leadership role in a masculine energetic you know energetic type of environment being in tech like majority of the people I worked with were men at the time, but all amazing men too. like they were open. I was very lucky for a good mm-hmm. portion of my career to have that kind of integrative thought and collaboration. But also realizing the fact that I could toggle between with ease, being very transactional, let's get this done, you know, like the very masculine kind of channeled energy of just do it with Mm -hmm. the nurturing and the caring for, like when there were difficult times, how we navigated through it, leveraging, you know, my feminine side. So I love that that's something you walked away with. As you started to put your thoughts down on paper, assessing all the impact you've had as a coach and a leader, you know, in your business to articulate so that others can realize that it's possible. I think it's I think there's there's a dynamic now, especially with all the conversations we're having around inclusion and permissioning, acceptance, or even making sure everyone feels like they matter. I mean, that's what we're, we're dealing with a lot here in the U.S. I'm not sure how it is for you in India, but there's there's this... And you work with global companies, so you, you're, you're witnessing this. If any of your companies have a, a U.S. faction that you're working with, there's there's such a need for a better dialogue, better methods, and openness to figure out how can we be... More integrated and collaborative. And, and it's really great to know that your book allows for some of those tools, but also your company provides that in a facilitated way. When you look at all your landscape of what you're responsible for, like your family life, your personal life, like your own self care, um, the businesses you own, the, the influence you have on your audience, you know, people reading your book that you maybe haven't interacted with yet, what's one thing that you feel? is the thread that allows you to navigate through all of it with ease. What's one thing about you that allows you to do that? So, that's,
0: that has, so first of all, great to hear your journey that you you know went through that and then you have, had really good people. The stereotypes are a little bit stronger in India. Mm. It will take more work. And the conversations are happening, but they're very super level and it's just too diverse in thought. So there is a lot of work to be done there. That That is an excellent question that you asked me because, you know, so having started this career later, much later, when your role in the family is also quite hardwired, yeah, there was a lot of sort of challenge to sort of break out of it and carve this new aspect, which... Forget them knowing, even I didn't know that there was this, all this within me, right? I was yeah. really, uh, like I said, I love being a mom. At took a break. I was so happy to do all of those things. And I'm still so happy that I made that choice and I did that. However, what I learned, which is also what my model is, is based a little bit on, that it's all about your self-identity. And we have multiple self-identities that we can assume. And we don't really... The, the more... Um, easily you can switch between those identities, especially more so with, for women. I would say it is the same for men too. Uh, but it is about really being, you know, accepting all of those identities for yourself and being being aware of where you want to be at times. And and to all the things you added, I think fun was another one that I had to, I was always a very responsible Yes, person. yeah,
1: I totally yeah. understand that. Yeah, fun. So
0: fun is, exactly. Fun was an, is an important one as well. So knowing when to kind of chill out. So it's, that is the one common thread uh, to sort of recognize that okay, they're all equal parts. Which one is beckoning more at this point in time? And it doesn't mean that you are leaving anything else behind if you're catering to one versus the other. So it's always it's always expanding. Yeah, more and more of those identities, or adding new ones. So now, like I'm doing more speaking, you know, um, maybe less facilitation or whatever. So there's more of a speaker identity, and what might be stopping me in completely embracing it. Uh, So it's, it's it's really that about that.
1: I love that. I think I think that willingness to to be open as well as exploratory of if you're meant to stand in this identity, the, what's the most effective stance? Like when I work with my leaders and I'm in my coaching stance with them, it's always about effectiveness. Because sometimes in certain environments, a more direct, controlling, kind of formulated energy is the the most effective for that specific environment. There's nothing wrong Absolutely. with that. It's that's mm-hmm. what works there and what you're talking about is the effectiveness of the flow like as we toggle is people in this universe where we have multiple identities that show up based on the arenas we step into effectiveness tends to be where i i like to lean in on how to show up but that self identity of having faith right in yourself or confidence in yourself to just show up in it as opposed to the blockers that can show up with our mind that gives us doubt and and makes us feel less than sometimes because we haven't done it yet, so mm-hmm. you know that extended step is beautiful, and i I like how um, you've you've navigated it for yourself is there has there been a growth spurt that then now has occurred in your family dynamic at home and with your relationship like do you do you see that now that you've stepped into this CEO set? Because you said it's it's a 2.0 career, right? Like you you did another up-leveling for yourself, which changes mm-hmm. the dynamics at home too. Are you finding that everybody now also is kind of stepping up into their own new identities now in relation to you? Like what what's been going on there? How's that going? So so the the
0: admiration that now I can see it, even though it's family. So they're sometimes reluctant and they, they're goofy about it, right? Which is so sweet. Yeah. And it, and I also look back and I, I also understand how necessary uh, it is when you are starting brand new to have a little bit of kind of questioning around it so that, you know, every your family always wants to keep you safe, right? So yeah. there's always that questioning around, oh, are you sure or oh, what is what is what? So so that's I can't tell you how valuable that is in hindsight. At that yeah. time, you you know when you you, you wonder like why are you asking asking.
1: Yeah, care? yeah. The doubt, the doubt wants to respond versus the the certainty, right? Yeah. <laughs> in those but moments, I, I I can't tell you the role
0: that uh, family uh, plays in in helping you in your journey, though it's not apparent so clearly at that time. So uh, I think uh, yeah. So sorry, I forgot your question.
1: No, just saying the impact for for your family, because sometimes when one member of the family is is kind of up-leveling into a new version of themselves, mm-hmm. the, the unit gets impacted, right? And so figuring out like how the whole unit moves forward with you.
0: Yeah. So I think I I'm not very clear, but of course that has to happen. Yeah. Um also with the rapid awakening that's happening globally, right? There is a little bit, so earlier it would be coach, you know, they would it would be like, with a, so now they're kind of recognizing. And sometimes I do want to coach them. I'm so tempted because... Oh, it's so hard yeah. not to, but we can't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but I've noticed instances there, sometimes there is respect for that as well now, so yeah. which is absolutely fantastic. And, and it has to, whether it's tangibly noticeable or not, but it has to, right? There is no way that that energy is not perceived or or sort of uh, readjusted in in same unit where you are at. So I'm um, I'm sure it is completely tangibly. i not may not
1: have noticed. No, it's all good. It's for that. An, it's an interesting question to ask only because I know I have listeners who hesitate on going after what it is they truly want, and then and a lot have used the excuse of. Family dynamics, or I'm responsible for XYZ. So, why why do I even deserve what I really want? Right. Like, I'm thinking about that mindset of the listener. And if you are listening, we're walking alongside you. It's a matter of just helping them understand that it is possible. You know, like when you are up leveling yourself, or even shifting into a new career, or deciding that you want to publish a book or, or execute a new project or launch a new business, whatever that looks like, that the support system around you, yes, it matters. And so do you. And so it's a matter of figuring out how you navigate that, include them in it where you're a little bit transparent as to what's going on, but not too open for criticism or doubt. <laughs> so, you, you, you know, you're so right because I have traveled at that path. And,
0: and while a shared vision is important because you want to all be in it together, right? At the same time, that conviction of, like you know, obviously really listening to your heart is, is so necessary to be strong. And, and that doesn't matter. That, that It doesn't really matter if the family is supportive or not, or people are supportive, you know, or what is your environment around you. I think you need that that strong conviction for yourself no matter where you are, whether it's with your team members or... So so that part is especially true. uh, And it is is always about balancing, you know, what your heart is asking for as opposed to what society around you or or your, you know, the roadblocks are in in your heart. So, and also I would like to add that it's not necessary that you have to... This is a very, I think... This is a very important. What I'm going to say right now, as it's, it's coming out of my mouth, don't really look for specific areas of support. Don't you? So what? Especially for women, you've supported your family, and don't don't expect they necessarily have to support you. What is important is that you get the support. Yeah, get it from the right sources. Get it from whoever's willing to give you the support. Get it because th- that support might be more relevant than the support that you might get from people you're expecting the support from. So you know, don't be so picky and choosy about where the support is coming from, but just step up to receive it, no matter where it comes from.
1: Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I also think it's super important to not have ex you said the right word was expectation mm-hmm. on people who might not have the skill to give you the support that you're actually looking for. Like that's the dilemma exactly. that constantly gets created where all of a sudden you're sitting in all this disappointment but that person never signed up for that role mm-hmm. you put that expectation on them so Absolutely. go after and connect with the people who you aspire to be or you know who have that skill set that can help you get to where you want to go and give you the appropriate feedback support Um, push you need just like you know a coach's stance would have or even mentorship would have or even just communities that are in the same realm you're going into because a lot of the times we get caught up taking advice from people who never were really aligned with what we needed in the first place and then that completely shuts us down when it wasn't right to begin with right like it's, it's such a dilemma that people put themselves through so If you're finding, and these are the identifiers, let me know if you agree or add add to them. If you're finding that you are constantly disappointed when you've put your best foot forward and the feedback you're getting is putting you down or making you feel like it's not enough, there's always room to improve, no doubt. But if you're energetically taking it in as self-criticism versus an area to improve upon, you're probably not working with the appropriate support structure, and it's mm-hmm. that is a clear identification to go seek who you truly need and stop interacting with the people who might not even have the skill. Yeah, know, yeah, and uh,
0: going—I didn't know this then, but going deeper into obviously the coaching journey, and then I also now just. Get only I, all I do is just get clear on what I need, and then I just say, "Okay, this is what I need," and it shows up at
1: the doorstep. Yeah, you yeah. So I love just... manifesting. Manifesting when you are clear, it manifests it so quickly. Like it just show. You're right. It just shows up, and mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. What are um, do you have any of your own like you know self care routines or because as a coach, I believe like we have to take care of ourselves first, or even just the leader of business we need to have clear self-care routines so that we can fill our own cup to then serve all day long. Do you have any um, self-care routines that you practice that help you keep energized and and ready for the day? Oh yeah, so many. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tell me. I love
0: self-care. So give me, Um, share with me. (laughs) Well, self-care is actually, um, you know, it's not just about just the downtime or it's, it's it's, encompasses so many things right so that's yeah. a much broader topic but I think daily rituals are very important of course uh, meditation and you know praying and all of that is is, is crucial having fun is an important part of self-care um, you know as a woman I realized it much later but beauty and just that was important to me so just you know I started my skin much later and and now I know if I'm going too fast in my head because I'm also that very good at getting things done. If I'm going too fast, I started realizing that I was skipping out on the skincare at night. There's also a lot of Ayurvedic self-care. There's a concept called oil pulling.
1: Oh yeah, I got it. Oil pulling. Yeah. What is what is that
0: routine? So oil pulling is actually the ancient uh, practice of flossing, you could say. Basically, you take uh, an oil like a coconut, virgin extra virgin coconut oil and you even I think before you brush or after you brush, you squish it in your mouth for almost 10 minutes. Mm. What it does is it pulls the bacteria from within your teeth and the bacteria floats in the heavier oil. Mm. So it's not as intrusive as you know, flossing. And uh, there's been so much research that the bacteria from the mouth is what goes into the heart. And, you know, just so your your dental condition is, is just phenomenal. Um I don't do as much yoga as I I would like to, but, you know, of course, a walk, very important. And um, also just the most important self-care is you know, constantly be aligned. If something's not feeling right, or something's not feeling good, just kind of pause and figure out what is it that you are really seeking or what is it that you need to bring that balance where you are constantly in a positive emotional state.
1: Yeah, no matter what's happening around. That's beautiful. What's your What's your favorite way to have fun? <laughs> um, again, that changes.
0: And the, in the, by writing the book, that was the theme that kept coming out as I was getting poached at times while writing the book. That okay, what is fun now? So, and I would say, okay, talking to people is fun. So maybe it's time to do the interviews again. And what is fun now? So mm-hmm. lots of I, I'm I'm actually quite adventurous in exploring all uh, aspects of fun. Let me just say that uh, you know even partying is exploring yeah totally partying from a, another angle. Uh, so I'm I'm still very young in that exploration of fun, but obviously, of course, playing you know the board games with family, which caused COVID post COVID to do it for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I but to be honest, the definition of fun is also constantly changing. The definition of self care is also constantly of course. changing. So you so you do have to kind of check in with yourself and inquire okay how can i care for myself even more today or what would be fun today or right now or what what would be more how can i love myself more today you know those kind of I questions i love that i love that it, it's very important and not go by those those rules or whatever has worked for you in the past because it's it's so dynamic
1: so true. So listeners, if, if you are looking to have more fun, because I know that was a challenge for me as a, a recovering overachiever. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I always put fun on the back burner and, and it was I hear you that I had to really put in my consciousness, like how to celebrate and how to have fun and how to bring it in. So asking yourself that question today, what could, today, what could I do today that would make it more fun? How could I even add um, more laughter into my day? Like even even aligning it with an action that makes it more fun for you. How can Mm -hmm. I help someone else have more fun? Sometimes that in itself has its own curious way of bringing you unconditional fulfillment also. And Mm -hmm. I think it's a great question to ask. This has been so great to connect in this way. How would you like people to connect with you if they have questions, Bhavna, or if they want To um, grab your book, like what's the best way for them to connect? Uh,
0: So I'm quite, I should be easy to find. This is the book again. Um, The name is B H A V N A D L A. It may not be easy, but uh, I'm I'm on LinkedIn. Also, email is first name, last name at gmail.com is a simple way to remember if people have to. Uh, My company website is www.talentpowerpartners.com there's also a personal website pavana.lal@com but i think Power partners is the best way to reach out lots of writing that you will find in ports india uh, many award winning articles some have been converted to japanese spanish other languages as well so that's amazing Yes, it is actually. Um, just Google my name and maybe, you know, so you should be able to find my, the name of the website and just Google my name and say Forbes India maybe and then you should be able
1: to find it. Amazing, Bhavna. We'll we'll make sure it's all in the show notes too so our listeners can connect with you and, and learn more. And I can't wait to check out your articles and grab your book. The book is called Checkmate Office Politics and it sounds like it has such an amazing toolkit to self-identify but also facilitate the right types of conversations to navigate whatever um, you're in when it comes to the workplace and the dynamics that we step into. Well, I want to thank you for joining me today. Before we close out the interview, I always like to leave space as a gift back to you. Is there, is there anything going on in your life or business that you need support on or different perspective on that you'd like to dialogue on with me today?
0: Oh, thank you so much for offering that. So, you know, most of the business has been an organic growth, you know, aligned to, which has been an excellent joyride. Right? I think it's getting serious now with, uh, you know, lots of things, lots of opportunities uh, coming up. I, I'm getting a, more of a handle on the, the digital media aspect of it. The website, so I went through different options and had it. And WordPress, the engineer was is truly like the 1.0 because I don't remember much about the engineering aspect. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have a platform that I'm using to host the website, which I feel like I have the control to go and change. So like the book came out, I could go and update it and you know sort of get it going very quickly. However, there's also lots of benefits if, if you have the full-on site which is being maintained by someone else and a team outside. And also the digital marketing building courses. By the way, very soon there's going to be a course coming up on office politics.
1: Oh, so I think fantastic!
0: It, yeah, yeah, I'm quite excited for that. I think there will that that will be very useful to people. So I want to kind of, you know, maybe if you have a perspective on with so many things that I'm doing, and most of them seem to be so centered. And I know this is a common thing that a lot of entrepreneurs feel in the beginning, right? Before the so, what would be your recommendation to to towards that end, I, I don't know if I made it myself clear or not. Yeah,
1: so but I, so the, yeah. your digital landscape, right? As as you're scaling your business and you're scaling your brand. So you have a personal brand, right? Which is your name and your books and your articles and like how to find you, the person that then owns the talent, you know, power company, right? The the it's really difficult because I've gone through this d- dilemma within my own growth, my own self. I was like, okay, my company name is Revampologist, but you actually don't find that as a website. Like, it leads to the consulting page on my b- brand because at the beginning it was all me. Like, I, mm-hmm. and all my business is referral based. Majority of it is because someone has worked with me that has referred me and. And it's amazing. I mean, my company though now is not just me and I do have a team. So I'm actually going through a little bit of what you're talking about, which is how do I make sure that my brand, my personal brand, when someone lands on me, wants to connect with me is displaying what I want to attract to me. So one of the biggest mistakes I see people do is they build these digital uh, platforms, the marketing sites, the websites, even the even how they use social media and it's it's all about them versus who they're trying to attract and i think when you're looking at the lens of okay now i i have this book the book is associated is it, it do you feel like it's a lead generator for your business or do you feel like it's a lead generator for your speaking engagements your personal brand like you need to put it in a place that tells the story to who you're trying to attract, and then make sure your digital landscape is taking that end user on that journey with you. So multiple sites happen, which is totally fine. Most people now are also accustomed to multiple landing pages, depending on what you're marketing and driving your traffic to... But I would say for you, because you stand on the platform of this book and the book is truly yours and you now want to build your courses and speaking engagements, I would put all of that under bhavnadalal.com and have that be the, the track that then when they want to work with you, they can come into your business if they want to expand services, past speaking engagements, online courses, book signing events, you know, um, etc. And then your articles and, and your portfolio of all the information that you have out there also lives um, on that site because that's your personal brand. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to course building. So I've learned this the hard way. I've had all the different types of sites. I personally now have moved everything to Kajabi Mm-hmm. Kajabi has an amazing um, user experience when you're trying to launch products and programs and create lead funnels. Like it's all centralized. I nice. was the one that was parsed all over the place, and I was like, "No, just bring it all in." So I had a team come in and migrate everything to that one platform, and it has changed my world in in everything that I want to market, create, put out there. It's I could do it much quicker, and there's so many. My I have a, a Kajabi team now that I actually consult with my clients with because I bring a lot of people on to the Kajabi platform too, but that is one way to think about the future of where you want your business and brand to be, and then reverse engineer from there on what platforms best to be on, and how you actually are engaging your ideal client. Like who do you want to attract in, as opposed to just an information platform. Right. Okay. People don't care about that anymore. Like it's it's not what we use websites for anymore. So the, the use cases have changed. But that's how I would uh, approach it. Does that find do you find that helpful?
0: Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, so I did that research between Punjabi and I went with Kartra. So between the two, because Kartra had a same thing. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, so, a centralized platform. Yeah. So it is the centralized platform. And I think I think I just need to be patient because it's I am in the initial building stages and i have an excellent digital marketing team now which i've found and i need to get going so i think i think it's all sort of coming together but I, it's not completely I, I think the book is keeping me very busy and maybe yeah. once once because it's not a book happening so, so i'm happy to hear that i think the, the, whatever you're saying i'm already sort of seeing that as the bar. so it's really good to get that information you know
1: so yeah, different. and just another thing to consider too, when you are hiring a team to deliver for you, do not assume that they know what you want, like even course, though they yeah. are experts in their field, I have been burned on that uh, regard too, where I then had to create the cadence of no, this is what I this is you know still directing how it goes, knowing that execution is done by them. And I always build things where I could still go in myself if I had to, just as a safety net, because it's exactly it's the only way for me to make sure that I'm leveraging the my platforms the right way. Like I, I like to have that access. You know, that
0: access is what I think I'm again, that's very good for me to hear because it does mean a little bit of a slower side. It does mean that there's a lot of things that you're not getting. But I think that as a as a person who's in charge of that business solely to a large extent, that access I think is quite powerful. So that's something that I was sort of questioning because my partner site is WordPress. And I that's just really much harder to yeah. Everybody raves about Kajabi and Karka. And yeah, I do think there great. are some limitations that I do, I have come across in the design aspects of it. But but I think that they are, they are also growing, right? They're meeting the needs of people like us for for whom it's, it's a fantastic platform to have everything. The email yeah. list and the funnel and all of that in place. So
1: Yeah, there's always continuous development on these platforms. And you can also find custom developers if you want it on them. The goal for you, though, is to take it almost 10,000 feet up and say, what's the journey I want to put my ideal clients on? And making sure you're building that journey out so you don't have to rework your site later. Right. Uh, because that, that attraction, the language you use on it, like how, how you want them to take action, to connect with you or to buy your book, to take your course... It is critical to figure out that cadence because that's the winning cadence to sell. Right. Like so and, how did you figure that out? out? Well, Sorry. through a lot of trial and error, I mean, like hiring the wrong people, then finding the right people, um, practicing myself, learning the language my, myself on like what how would I translate my desire for engagement with that ideal client? What is the language I should be using? So it was. I would read different sales books and marketing books to just understand because it's all human behavior that decides nice. how to push the button to say, I want to engage, right? Or I want to grab that book and, and you, have to, you have to learn it to then um, translate it onto a digital page. And that's how you know you have really solid digital marketing teams is if they are describing what I just said to you back to you. Like This is how we work to engage your clients. This is how we have to think about it. If they're not talking to you about who is your ideal client and they're waiting for you to just tell them what you want on the page, then they might not be the right team for you. So Mm -hmm. that's another identifier for hiring the right services is everybody in this realm needs to be thinking about who are you trying to attract because it has to be about them. Not you. Then we take your information and translate it to what they need.
0: I think my study has started in that process as well because I did a lot of learning around brand archetypes and and, and I figured out what my brand archetype was and all of that. It was a confusing thing. So, Would you recommend any book that I could read on around this concept?
1: Um. Well, for for sales language, I like the book Persuasion. Mm. That one helped me a lot from a sales and marketing language on how to think about the the connection of my offer to the desire of who's buying. So that was really helpful from a copy and and, and writing standpoint.
0: Mm. Okay, great. Yeah, I, was, I have kind of... I'm, a, I'm familiar with the book. I think I may have read parts of it, but I'll re-look at it. And, and there was something somebody very interesting told me and they... I was having this conversation and she's a professor, I think, and she said, so how do you buy? Because very often how you buy is how you also sell. So even connecting with that, which I'm still looking for that connection. But yeah.
1: Well, I, I also think if you know the demographic of who you're trying to attract and you're asking the question, how do they buy and where are they shopping? And go look at those experiences. That's what you want to create your experience to be right so that's why it's so critical to know the persona like the that you're trying to attract in as you build your product like the digital landscape is just the productized version of you and and, and all your offerings it's the same as if we were putting a software package out or you know a physical pro- product out we would be thinking about the buyer uh, and i yeah. think that that is the difference now when when you are a service based business that's digital and remote, like that's the sales process or the entry point for sure. Right, right. Yeah. No, thank you so much for that. that is- of course. I'm glad to be of service and I thank you for being part of today's conversation. I really appreciate you being on my show and I know my listeners will benefit from all that you shared with them today. I really appreciate you being here. And listeners, we will see you in the next episode. If you As you have your aha moments or takeaways from today's conversation, please snap a picture and share it on the socials and tag us in it so we know you're listening. Wasn't that such a great episode? I know you got amazing takeaways from that. What I would love for you to do for me, if you can help me extend my reach, is go ahead and subscribe to the show so you get the latest notification and listen before anyone else. Also, if you could go ahead and post your review, your five-star review will help me get other people interested in this conversation and extend my reach of impact.